The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot accept, because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him, because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live and you will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. The Gospel of the Lord. In our readings today, we have kind of two key pieces to pull from. In the first reading, we hear a lot about the Spirit falling upon this group where, in the Acts of the Apostles, Peter and the other apostles there, they're going out. Now, this is, again, after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. So they're going out to do the mission, to do the thing they were tasked to do. And they're doing it with the aid of the Holy Spirit. They're doing this out of love. They're they're encountering this group of people who are eager to hear the Word of God. And in hearing the Word of God, that's when the Holy Spirit falls upon them. Now it's interesting because in the Gospel, all that is actually before the events of the Acts. And so when Jesus tells them today, I will give you another, an advocate to be with you always, they're actually kind of surprised. They're, they're shocked. They're thinking, I don't really get this because you're here now and everything seems fine. But he's going to leave because he still has to go and die and resurrect. And so it's interesting because even though our readings are in a different order, the, like the linear line is is kind of backwards. So we see that when people are gathered together who are eager to hear the word of God, the Holy Spirit will fall upon them, which means what? The Holy Spirit can fall upon us here if we are here eager to hear the word of God. And this tells us that God bless even the smallest acts of listening to him. Even if we're here out of just the 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 need to fulfill the Sunday obligation. Maybe we're here physically, we're not really here mentally, but we're here listening for something. God can work with that, and God will work with that. It also shows that God came for all people, so he shows no partiality. The whole concept about the Israelite people and the chosen people, God is saying, yes, You were chosen, I have chosen you, and at the same time, I'm here for everybody now. Nobody's left out. So the Spirit falls upon all who are present and listening. God sends his Spirit to fortify us in our faith and encourage now acts of love. So that's the one piece is the Spirit. The second is love. And what's so cool is Holy Spirit is love. The Holy Spirit is love manifested between the Father and the Son. 
And so they're really one and the same, which is super simple and kind of complex. But what we see is that in the second reading then, we love not out of our own ability to love, because our own abilities to love greatly vary. We love because and in the way God has loved us. Now, will we always do that perfectly? Probably not. But that's, that's what we're called to be. So we're called to be imitators of Christ, to not just duplicate his love, but to mirror his love, to be the mirror of the love that we receive. And so when they have that line in there, like, be prepared always to give a sign of your hope, for us it's what gives us hope in the faith, what gives us hope in the Lord, and to be able to share that with others. And we can share that because we know the Holy Spirit has come upon us because we've heard the word of God. And by hearing the word of God and having the Holy Spirit come upon us, we are then filled with his love. It's simple, right? You don't, you don't seem like it's that simple. Okay. All right. So, how does this work out then? What we get in the gospel today is the reminder that as individuals, we are called to give generously. And we're called to give generously to others by pouring out our talents, our experiences, by loving without hesitation. Again, that's probably not perfect in us, and yet it is what we are called to strive for, to be the imitators of Christ's love, the love that has already infused us. So when we think about this pouring out, this giving of generously, oftentimes we hear about stewardship, we hear about time, talent, treasure, but we have to go back even further than that. We have to go back to a place of, am I giving out in a way that is simply transactional, or am I giving out in a way that leads to transformation? It's way too easy in a world today to just seek out transactional encounters. We do it how many times in a day? You know, we, we need to get something at the store, we go in, we get the stuff, we leave. Sometimes we don't even interact with a human. We just transaction with a machine. We do the same when we shop online. And the problem with that is that transaction leaves us with a sense of sterility. It just, it's, it numbs us to human encounter. What the church has always striven for, what the church always desires, is not just a transactional encounter. Come in, sit down, do your thing, leave. But that it become a transformative encounter. That the relationship, by the reception of the Holy Spirit, by the reception of Holy Communion, Christ's very body and blood, when we are in a state of grace, changes us from the inside out. It does something to transform us, to say, this is what I'm called to now share, do, be like, an imitator of Christ. So when Jesus has this line today, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, that little word, will, seems like such a big difference. Because you normally could say, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's actually saying, if you love me, the very love you have for me will cause you to keep the commandments. 
So we're able to do the thing he wants us to do because we are loving and receiving the love he has for us. What we have to realize is that this love is not a hard thing to visualize. The beauty of the sixth Sunday of Easter, the beauty of these readings is that it's also incorporated with another another particular honoring moment. I don't want to say holiday, but Mother's Day. You think about Mother's Day, like you think about motherhood. And before I try to give a whole list of the types of mothers, right, the biological mothers, the adopted mothers, the godmothers, the stepmothers, the grandmothers, the spiritual mothers, let's just say women and call, call, it, call it at it, women, okay, the unique gift and vocation of motherhood, of womanhood, one of them, is the ability to listen and receive. It's, it's a gift much more attuned to motherhood and womanhood than it is to, to man and, and father. Mothers care for the needs of others, yes or yes. See, all the women said yes there. The guys are just silent. And Fulton Sheen actually says it really beautifully, that while men can have these great heroic moments, women often, for a much longer, more sustained period of time, have these acts of courage, these acts of selfless gift. So as we strive to receive the Holy Spirit through his word, as we strive to become an imitator of Christ, of God, of love, we can actually look to the examples of mothers in this particular scenario, of the way they lay down their life for another, how a mother just gives selflessly. And so here's my example of of motherhood today. For some reason, as I've gotten older, uh, chronic migraines become more of an issue don't know why. Never had headaches as a kid. I've never really had a migraine as an adult until the last few years. Anyway, I had one Friday. It was awful. I almost couldn't see, but I was like, I need to get back to Wabash because I was doing a wedding in Fort Wayne. And so it's starting to pour. I can't hardly see. So who do I, what do I do? I call my mom. I say, mom, I just need you to talk to me for the next hour. I cannot focus. I just need you to talk to me. And what does she do? She talks for the whole hour, which is not really that hard for her. (laughs) But whatever she had going on, she just said, whatever, I've got you right now. Like, that's such a beautiful act of selfless love. I think about all the times that she went to all of my cross-country meets. Now, if you are a parent that has a child that has run cross-country, you know that you also run (laughs) cross-country. My mom did not, but she was there in the key places that she needed to be. Or the amount of times that she sat in a dirty, stinky, dark gymnasium for eight hours for a wrestling tournament. Like Moms just pour out love. And that's the exact same love we are called to pour out. And they don't do it in a transactional way. They do it in a way that actually transforms us. Because they themselves have been transformed by the gift of motherhood. Which is why motherhood is not just, again, uh, biological, the adopted. It's like every woman has the potential to be mother. And that's so cool. But for us, 
it invokes this necessary question. What, then, will I generously pour out? How will I generously pour out? Going back to time, talent, treasure, we often see that through the treasure. We, we, we have different collections. We have uh, the, the Sunday offering. Like, these are all very good and, and necessary. And in fact, this particular Sunday, the diocese has asked to, to provide a special collection for Catholic charities. It's actually really fitting because Catholic charities in our diocese, the majority of what their aid provides to uh, is to mothers, single mothers, uh, mothers in low income, mothers in need. One of my favorite realities of Catholic charities is their clinical liaison. They have uh, an individual who's networked and created counselors throughout the whole diocese. And so Catholic Charities operates, if not almost entirely, off of donations and generosity. So that's, that's a, a special collection this weekend. Next weekend, uh, there will actually be a mission priest here. Uh, again, the diocese has asked every parish in the diocese to provide a weekend to bring in missions. And what I love about that is the reminder that little old Wabash, Indiana, isn't so little in the eyes of the church that actually our participation is aiding the universal church. We see that, and we know that in our prayers of the faithful, but also when we have mission priests come in, when we have missions come in in general, and we see like our aid can go help someone halfway around the world. And so sure, there is a, the financial component, but, but for what I want us to pray on over the next couple of weeks is the generous giving, the outpouring of time and talent. This idea that we have to move beyond transactional ministry and into a transformative ministry. We have to move beyond just coming here on a Sunday, doing the thing, and going home. That by being here, I'm open to receiving the Holy Spirit. I'm open to receiving the Word of God. I'm open to letting my heart be transformed so that how I walked in is not how I walk out. Because I've received the Lord in the Eucharist, because I've been to confession, because I'm participating in the Mass and the sacraments. And this transformation, if we all participate in it, is actually going to be really fun because sometimes this idea is, well, if I do this, I'm signing up for a lifetime commitment. Well, we've already signed up for that by baptism. We have a lifetime commitment in the church, brothers and sisters. Like, that's not going away. So let's make the most of our time. Let's do something with that. Maybe that talent, maybe that time is proclaiming God's word. Maybe it's helping take communion to the homebound. Maybe it's providing some ministry that we've not even considered before because there's a talent out there that we don't know about. That's the importance of the church is that by the mass variety of us, we give back to what God has given us. And when we give back, he multiplies. Because while we mirror back his love, he magnifies the love. But it requires a few things. First and foremost, it requires us an openness. An openness to being receptive to him. Because if we're not receptive to him, nothing else is going to work from there. It requires the ability to pour out generously, even when we think, I've got nothing left to give. Because there's always a little bit more through the aid of the Spirit. It's to 
listen and to receive and to love using the example of all the women in our lives who have done so in such generous ways. And it's, it's finally just making the commitment to say, I want more. I want more for my life, my family, my faith. And the, and the church is going to be the place that that begins. Because the church is the place where God is. It's where we belong. So I asked ask in the next few weeks to begin praying about what that pouring out looks like, what that generosity looks like, to consider what that could be. Ultimately, we can rely on the Spirit because Jesus says he will be the advocate. Jesus is not going to abandon us or leave us without. And so that Spirit is, is who we ask to fill us, especially in those times of uncertainty and those times of doubt, so that we are the imitators of Christ, so that we encounter him and we allow that encounter to be a transformation in us.